In this episode of Find the Good News, I got to visit with one of my favorite Southwest Louisiana artists, the Inkling Girl, Morgan Elaine. Morgan's work caught my eye years ago where it was on display at a local coffee house, and I recently became one of her patrons on Patreon. She has a clever wit and infectious joy. She opened up about the anxieties of stepping out with her art, and her insights are just as uplifting as the art that she creates. Morgan is using her talents to spread happiness and kindness. I smiled the whole time we talked, and seeing the good was easy. Wake up, it's morning. You're dreaming up a story I can hear. The way it's going, cause you're laughing in your sleep. On the path to your deliverance, and a holy wall of light. Pouring through your window. Old news, bad news, fake news. Sometimes you just want to shut it all down and get no news at all. With Find the Good News, I aim to change that by focusing on good people doing good work. I visit with artists, educators, civic and spiritual leaders, musicians, business owners, students, volunteers, and everyday citizens who are using their creativity, resources, and talents to bring hope and happiness to their corner of the world. In each episode, I dig into the hearts and minds of my extraordinary guests. We have street-level conversations about relatable things going on in their lives, discover the critical life experiences that shape them, the perspectives that drive them, and the fundamental beliefs that are anchoring them to a path of goodness. There's a lot of news in the world. My name is Orrin Parker, and I'm going to find the good. And I love you just. Okay. <laughs> for a long time, I've seen you guys. You know, I know I know Danny. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if he's told you how I know Danny. Has he ever? I'm sure he has. I don't remember. So Danny, my dad owned a video store in De Quincey uh-huh. uh, for years and years back before video stores were even a thing. And then now they're not a thing. But it was like he <laughs> was know. the first thing when they were a thing. But it was in De Quincey. And so uh, the Elaine family shopped there yeah. and Danny was a little boy I mean little yeah. you know and so I was probably in high school I don't know how old Danny was but he was little and so years later um well back backtrack he uh he would come in and my friend Peyton and I would draw comic book characters oh Peyton yeah well, I know, you know Peyton. Peyton yes <laughs> so yeah and so Danny would kind of watch that but then years later I was working at an ad agency and I had been seeing that Danny was doing comic book stuff. Yeah. And so we had worked together on this uh, restaurant menu. Yes. Yes. At Delta At Downs. Delta Downs. Yeah. I do. Yes. Okay. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. And so I didn't see him for a long time after that. And then I think the next time I saw him, he was producing a comic book. Yeah. And I saw He's that. done a few. Yeah. But then you, uh, and I don't know if you guys were together then, but I remember you. Now, what's your maiden name? Andre. Okay. It's spelled weird, though. It's spelled with a Y instead of an E. Okay. Well, <laughs> I remember you because you worked at Starbucks yeah. on Nelson. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm i an illustrator. <laughs> Used to be an illustrator. I'll say it that way because I don't do a whole lot of illustrating anymore. But um, I remember going into Starbucks and they had this board. It was a yeah. cork board on the wall. With the little kit glasses. Yeah, case. that's yeah. right. And so, <laughs> I totally was like, this is mine now. And yeah, I'm just going to well, put in what I want. <laughs> very funny because I love pen and ink, like good pen and ink. And I guess maybe you might have still been in school when you were working there? Yeah, so I, I worked there from 2000, mm, 
2006 to 2012. Okay, so were you in school during that so time? So I was, yeah, I was in school, yeah. So I didn't know if those were like school projects or if they were just personal. No, they were just personal. personal? Well, yeah, because I, well, I graduated in 2008, and then, um, I mean, I just kept drawing and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I just remember going in there. And uh, I saw your name tag, and I saw your name on the <laughs> art. And uh, it was most the stuff I remember was black and white. Yeah, like it was mostly ink. pen and ink. Uh, I did uh, I did a lot with um, microns, and then I would use um, India ink washes uh, with yeah. it, which I don't even and like I never do that kind of stuff anymore. But you did, but I did then, at the time, and I was into that. And so I just was <laughs> like, I'd go in there, and the line would be long, and I would I, that caught my eye immediately, and I'd walk over there. And I was like, somebody, somebody's <laughs> got <hustling>. some <laughs> technical skill here. What's going on? And I was like, really looking at the detail. And I mean, you've you've gotten better, like by leaps and bounds, which you were pretty good back then. And anyway, that was my. And I didn't know you. You and Danny, I don't guess, were connected at that point. Maybe we, we I don't were. Know. We when we had like just started dating when I started working at Starbucks. Like we'd oh, been okay. dating like maybe a couple of weeks. Oh. And I was, because I was working at Walden Books previously. And then, so we started dating at Walden I, Books. Mm-hmm. Wow. Man, I worked a, there for like three years. That brings me back. I used yeah. to love that place. Yeah. I, I did too. And I was little, because I used to be the only bookstore in town forever. That's right. Yeah. Forever. It was. I love Walden Books. So uh, I worked there. And then I briefly worked at both places at the same time. Really? And then, mm-hmm, and then I was like, while going to school, and I was like, okay, I got to pick one. And Starbucks was the better job because, I mean, it has benefits and like at that time i think it might have changed now but at that time you could work 20 hours a week and after like six months you could get full benefits oh at starbucks Mm -hmm. it was awesome so i worked there i worked there a total of six years uh up right up until i had ruby right up until i had ruby i worked there and then uh because i my job provided insurance for me and danny while he was in school. So. Oh, okay. Man, that's incredible. I didn't know yeah. any of that, so I didn't realize that y'all been together that long. Yeah, we've been together 12 years. Wow. That's about and how married. long Michelle and I have been together, yeah. a little over 12 years. And then married for like 10 and, 10 and a half now. It's, yeah. We had our 10-year anniversary this year, which okay, is so, so weird. Think, I'm like, oh my God, how have we been 10 married? 10 years, yeah. man, wow. Like, how have we been married that long? And we still like each other. Like, well, congratulations. And we're also together all the time i'm like us too right same thing yeah because we're here all day together home and, and we together, work yeah. from home so we're together all the time i'm like it's amazing we have you that. know y'all that's <laughs> interesting i did not other. expect this podcast to go into this territory <laughs> but it's interesting territory because i think a lot of people oh boy i get asked that i don't know if y'all get asked that it's like how do y'all do that how do y'all not do that but we get asked really that. not really really well because i don't i mean because he does travel and he goes and does conventions and he also like uh, on the side, he builds fences with his dad. Okay. So, I mean, he does do other things. And then I generally stay home with Ruby and, like, I do the homeschooling. And I, I okay. mean, pretty much. And my sales is mostly online. Online. Which is what I've always pushed for. Because I'm like, whatever, I want to stay. <laughs> I want to yeah. stay home with my kid and work at home and be able to just ship stuff out. Like, yeah. that's what I want to do. Well, I will say this. That's another reason why I wanted you to come on this show, because I think a a lot of artists, maybe a lot are doing what you're doing, but then there's a lot that can learn from what you're doing. I mean, you really work it. (laughs) I mean, I... You do. I paint a lot. (laughs) You paint a lot, but I mean, that that alone, the the quality, okay, of what you're doing... And then the finished pieces, I mean, I'm always, I love the, you're, you're doing what I, I mean, people should do, I think. You start the project, 
you show the stages, you do all of the the speed, the uh, the time lapse yeah. stuff. I mean, you really have people involved, and I I get engaged. I'm like, I want to watch this, but you do it in a way to where it's digestible for one, so people don't have to sit down. Which, well, thanks, you know, because <laughs> that's what I'm aiming for, and I don't know if I'm. Are you doing all that it. intuitively? You just does this your sure? Hey, um, I feel like I should market myself this way or push myself this way, or does you have like strategies that you read? I definitely no. I don't know. I'm not that strategic. I basically I learn by watching other people. Mm, yeah, so, okay. um, basically, you know, I find artists that I admire, and I'll find and I love Instagram. That's like my social media. Like that's my favorite thing. So. I, there are a lot of artists I follow on social media and the ones that I think are effective, I kind of just look and see like, what do they do? Like, what is it that they're doing that I like? Yeah. You're and not that based I on what somebody like, else likes. You yeah. Like, what, like what do I like and what do I want to emulate? Because yeah, yeah I just want people to yeah. see it and enjoy it. And I want them to be people that are like me, <laughs> if that makes <laughs> sense. Like I want to attract people that are like myself. Yeah. I understand that. I, you touched on something that I find myself saying when I talk to clients. I mean, so we've been doing advertising for like 20 plus years. When 20 plus years, you pick up tips and tricks and you get knowledge. And so when somebody meets with you, a lot of times they're going, well, they've got 20 years of experience. Okay. They're going to, they've got a plan. And yeah, okay, maybe that's true. But a lot of it's just intuitive. And a lot of it's just what you said. I'll say to somebody, I look in my I look in the mirror to get the answer because I'm going, well, do I like this? Yeah. I mean, what I respond because I'm a hard sell. I don't really respond too well to things. I mean, I'm kind of like because I'm in advertising. I'm like, I'm like eh, let me just see for a minute before th- something new comes out. I'm like, I'm going to hang back. I'm very suspicious. Yeah, me just too. By nature, I'm like, mm, I don't know. about So that. If something draws me in like quick. I'm like, oh, what did that? What was that? Why did I get attracted to that? Because I'm already apprehensive in yeah. nature. So yeah, it's the same thing. I'm like, well, the answer really is just, I'm going, well, do I like it? Which who am I? But I mean, that's, and that's worked a lot of times, you know, because yeah. I think a lot of things are a waste of time. If I, if I don't even like it, then, yeah. you and know. Definitely the last, like, I don't know, like three or four years and probably especially the last two years, I've gotten a lot better at just like saying no. <laughs> projects I I got to the point where I actually had to stop doing commissions for a while um, because I was making art that I did not like that I didn't want to make and it didn't look good or it didn't look good to me usually the client was like totally happy but I was like I don't like this this is not you just described my business like I don't want to produce work that I don't love and that I didn't put my heart into if it's if it isn't hard for me to put that in the mail and send it away like, I, what was the point of me even That's making That's why it? I wanted you on this show. Because that is, you're going to have to help me. Because here's the thing. Advertising is that. It's what you just described. And the way I've described it to people is a nice, pink, soft, squishy brain full of creative <laughs> stuff. And then a carburetor on a car. And I'm going to take this brain and I'm going to shove it in this carburetor. And then it's going to run. That's advertising. And you're cranking out things for projects that you still have to be creative and do the art. But at the end of the day, it might go through 
40 different people's opinions and then what comes out you're not you it's the quality by an industry standard may still be there but the artistic creative side of you goes it's missing something i wouldn't have done this but the client likes it and i have to be okay with that because this is my job and some money which is part of the deal yeah but at the same time i hate to say it this way after so many years i think it eats a little bitty piece of you your your creativity it's yeah, because, you know, I've gotten to the point where, I mean, I just, I've had to learn to say no, which is really hard for me. I'm not Us good. Too. Me I'm not too. good at saying no when it comes to art stuff because I'm a people pleaser. Like I want, I want to be liked and I want people to like what I do. And so I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try that. Even when my instincts are saying like, no, don't do Like you can't produce what they're looking for. And so like now I'm better at being... Well, I, if I do say no, immediately I'm like, here is a list of artists that can do what you are looking for. Yeah, we do the and same I give thing. Them, I'm like, and we refer you to this, 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 and this. Because, That's hard to I learn used to, to do. You know, I used to give like uh, art lessons, and I always felt like such an imposter. I was like, I am not qualified to do this. And I think the, the students I had for as long as I had them, honestly, I think it's really just liked me because I'm a goofy and fun but I was like, I feel like I haven't taught you anything other than how to be sarcastic. So, like, <laughs> like this is, I feel like it's a waste of time. I mean, and I don't think any of, like, the ones that I had for a long time. I mean, I, we all had, we always had a good time and it was fine. But when, when it finally kind of petered out and the kids got older and got other interests, I was like, yeah, we're not, I'm not doing that anymore. Well, I think, I think art's a good thing. I mean, I really do. And I I think that everybody's got some kind of creative bone in their body somewhere. I think so too. And so many people think they aren't. And I'm like, no, everyone has it. You just probably don't know where you have it. That's right. Yeah. Your medium may not be what your, your paint, paints and pencils. It might not be strictly art, but trust me, everyone's got some kind of outlet. That's right. Every single person. Sure. And so that kind of makes me want to ask you this question. When take, kind of take me back. A little bit, because I said, I say, if art's in the world, there's something good. And so you, as a, I think you're a fantastic artist. I love, I love your art. <laughs> uh, God, I could just go on and on, because every time I see it, and that's the other thing. God, I'm jumping all over, because I'm so excited that's to talk okay. to you. I can tell, I, one thing I think is awesome is when you can see some, some art and go, oh, I know who did that. Uh, and some, I feel like I feel like I have. I've the heard least you say that cons- online. I feel like I have the least consistent. <clears throat> I don't style. think that at all. I don't even <laughs> have to see your avatar or your name to know it's yours, and that really hit That's me <laughs> the first time I was. At, um, I want to say it was at the Brimstone Museum, not Brimstone Museum, the Henning Cultural Center. Uh, your art was on display, and what are they called? Um, the the women. It's all the different. Women's oh, my there. muses. Muses. Yeah. Yeah. So I just stood there and looked at each one of those. Oh, and that was only a few. Man, I was like, and I now, yeah, I went online. I was like, I got to go look these up. I was just fascinated by the way that they look so magical. And I knew they were just people that you'd known yeah. or that sent them to you, but you made Mostly. them look so magical. And there was just a consistency in style. Thanks. And I don't know you. And then I think I saw you post one time. Somebody made a comment like that. And you said, I don't think so. And I, just what you just said, I don't yeah. see it. And I, but, I still kind of don't. Huh. I'm well. I don't know. I mean, I'm like my own worst critic. So we all, yeah, it's I get that. it's That's... hard for me to see similarities. More, I will say in the last probably like year, I'm kind of I can kind of see it now. But for a really long time, I couldn't. I was like, God, this all looks so different to me. It all looks like 
it's all on like different sides of the spectrum. Well, know. you do a lot of different categories. I mean, you're yeah. It's, I mean, not well, like your um, the skulls with the succulents and things like that. What's do you have a name for those? Is it, uh, or is it a title? I don't want to call I it the see. wrong thing. Oh well, I have I always end up calling things by like four different names. So like I have like the name that I call the actual finished piece, but then. For those in particular, you know, I added to them in Photoshop, like I added like a oh, flat okay. oval background for each of them. Yeah. So for my shop, I usually change the name. Oh. So like the original work for one of them, one of them is like soft decay and the other one is sweet decay, which is so stupid, but I don't know. I just like making up goofy names. And then in my shop, the prints are... I think shrooms and or skull and shrooms and then skull and succulents. Okay. But I'm like, we're just going to describe them so that people know what they're looking at. <laughs> so those pieces, I would say, just as an observer, if I saw them on their own, I wouldn't say, oh, Morgan did this. I love that. And I, I figured you would. <laughs> but one, now that I've seen them, and you, if you do anything else in that kind of vein, now because I've seen that and associated with you, I would go, oh, Morgan probably did those. Do you see what I mean? Oh, yeah. You know what's funny about that? Because they're totally different than your portraits and all that. So a lot of times, and it's actually, this is true of just like my life in general, is I have like this kind of vague idea of what I want to do. And then I'll be like, okay, I want to try to paint this in this specific way. And I'll try it and it will look terrible. And I'll be like, all right, well, how do I fix this? And so with those, I had actually, there's this artist, and uh, her name is Tracy Lewis, and you can you can look her up on uh, Instagram. But she's uh, she has this really really pretty. She does watercolor, and it's all very soft, and it has a lot of like pastels. It's got a lot of pink and blue, and I love putting a lot of pink and blue in my work. And it hers has a, like a whole myriad of colors, but. Um, I w- I really wanted to try and do that. I wanted them to be really soft and have like very little pigment. And I went totally the opposite <laughs> direction because I tried it and I was like, this is not working. This is still not working. It's getting worse. And so what I ended up doing was making, mixing a bunch of, uh, white paint in with my pigment and just like slapping it on there and be like, well, this is where we're at now. Let's see what happens. And then I loved it. It got finished and I was like, oh, okay, I have to do another one uh-huh. and see if I can do this again. So, <laughs> so, do you, so you have techniques like that that you feel like you've tweaked and developed that, that kind of, you could say they're your own uh, to some degree. I guess so. I mean, it's usually accidents though. Yeah. I, anything I learn how to do is totally by accident. <laughs> Trying some different combinations. Yeah. And it's usually because I messed up on something and I'm like, hmm, how do I fix this? Yeah, I get that. <laughs> I, I can see that just from back whenever I, I used to have time to illustrate. I, I remember for me, it was ink washes and pen and ink. I loved that. And, you know, just messing with it, honestly. And I go, oh, that worked with this paper combination with this particular brush or consistency. So what I wanted to originally ask you a minute ago was to take me back to when you first realized that art was kind of living in you, creativity. When, when was that? Well, <laughs> this is not even, this is like a terrible story. So when me and my brother were little, I mean, I always liked drawing, always, always. And my brother did too, my brother Christian, who's, he's actually texting me right now, I'm trying to ignore him. Uh, <laughs> and Christian was way better at drawing than me. And he would always draw like fighters and like tigers and ninjas. Boy and stuff. Like Dragon like, Ball Z yeah. and all kinds of stuff. And I 
I'm not, I'm really not that competitive, but I guess maybe when it comes to my siblings, I am a little more, because really in general, I'm like, I don't care, whatever. But uh, I kind of just wanted to be better at drawing than him because I was the older sibling and I was like, that's annoying. I should be better at this than you because I'm older than you. And then, you know, around the age when he was like 10, 12, he got interested in sports and did that and really stopped drawing. And I was like, well, I can't play sports and I'm really clumsy and I don't like anything else. So I guess I'll keep drawing. (laughs) Like, that's it. And I just kept drawing and... Yeah, that's about it. It's like not even a good story. Well, that's okay because at some (laughs) point, I mean, whether that's the beginning of it or not, at some point, some you have to get. I think we have to get responses from people. Yeah. So at some point, somebody said, "I did a charcoal. I did this like with with like it's so funny because I think back now about like the art supplies I was using, and I was using like these cruddy paper and like." This is a charcoal pencil that's like the darkest charcoal ever that you should not be using to just like draw. And I did a drawing of a tiger and I still have it somewhere and it's awful. I mean, it is truly <laughs> awful. The teeth are so bad. It looks, it poor thing, it looks really sad. But my grandfather, who was not a complimentary person, loved it. And just thought it was awesome. And for, I don't know, for some reason I was like, oh my gosh, Papa liked my, <laughs> liked my tiger. And I don't know, that made an impression on me. It didn't really so much with my parents because like, they were busy. And also, like they're my mom and dad. They're going to like what I do. And That's a natural regardless. thing to think. Okay, well, yeah, <laughs> I hear that from my kids all the time. I think every kid, you go, well, I love you. And they're like, yeah, but whatever. I like, mean, you're I want like, such and such to like me. I don't care. You're my parent. You have, yeah, ex- you have yeah. to like me or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... And I, I've never really thought it was that significant, but if it wasn't, it probably I wouldn't remember it. So it definitely made an impression on me because otherwise, I, it wouldn't have stuck in my head all this time. Yeah. So that was so that's first that's first contact. Yeah. yeah. And I don't even know how old I was. Like I, I would assume I was probably like eleven or twelve. Okay, maybe, so junior high. Like well, and I actually homeschooled those years. So. Oh, really? Okay. I think that's why I've become a well-adjusted adult because I didn't go to junior high, so I wasn't oh, tormented really? like the way everyone yeah. else was. Only those years. I went to a really small private school from kindergarten to sixth grade, and then I was quote unquote homeschooled from seventh through like the first half of ninth grade. Was and your brother homeschooled as well? I mean, you're yeah. Okay. It was. Uh, it was kind of just a weird time. Like there was a lot going on in our family. My because. Uh, there's four of us siblings all together. I have three brothers, three younger brothers. And when I was 11, my mom became pregnant. Or when I was 10, I guess. My mom became pregnant with my brother Hayden. And he was like a huge surprise. Like yeah. that was, we had just bought a new house. My mom had bought like this new car that she was so excited about. Small car It was a little her, car. Like a- and she was like, and I have these two older kids. Yeah, whoops. And then Hayden <laughs> came along. And then when he was like, ooh, four months old or something i don't even remember my, she was pregnant with my sec my fourth brother because they're only like 16 months apart so i don't remember how old hayden was when she became pregnant with him so it was like there was just a lot happening and so they pulled us out of school to try and homeschool because my mom thought well I, I have to stop she had owned a salon and she had to sell the salon and she was like well i'll just work from home and then you know the kids can help me with the babies and yeah so i did a lot of drawing those years too a lot of drawing a lot of reading because I had to entertain myself. Well, and you're probably encouraged, right? I mean, because you oh, know, yeah. school I mean, isn't parents, always encouraging. My my mom especially. Art. I mean, both my parents always encouraged me. 
And especially because, you know, they wanted us to have other things to do to not bug them because they had four <laughs> kids and they're like, we have enough. Go draw something. We have enough to do. So Christian did like sports and stuff and I always babysat and that kind of thing. But then uh, I like was not into sports and my mom's really, I mean, she went to salon. She's really fashionable and like super trendy. You can see by looking at me that I am not like that either. So art was like, that was my thing. Art and uh, I did theater for like a hot minute, but I'm actually like, I don't like people looking at me. So it doesn't, oh, that so doesn't that, work I, out. So yeah. I was like, I want to do it, but then people look at me and it freaks me out. So Well, that kind of <laughs> is interesting because you're still stepping out there. You're putting yourself, I know you're doing it online a lot, it's but a you're lot going easier to, to do it online. Yeah, but you go to so all the easier. events and set up at the events and stuff too. Yeah. I mean, you have to interact with your clientele right there. Yeah, but there's such That's a frontline stuff. I it mean. is, but I, I'm behind, I think it helps that like I'm behind a table and people are looking at my artwork and I am secondary. Like the focus is the artwork. I'm not the focus. I'm just like the background figure. So so you don't have a desire for that then. See, a lot of people do. Like to be uh, a little celebrity in your own right. No. I, I mean, it's not that I don't. I mean, I like attention, I guess. Yeah, okay. But I don't like direct attention by a bunch of people. That makes me super gotcha. uncomfortable. Which is funny because honestly, like I love to sing and if I were a braver person, I would totally want to sing in a band, but I I'm like, no, I can't do it. It would freak so like me this out. Situation so bad. like right here, just as an example, a podcast. It's just you and me. Yes, this right? isn't this isn't super bad. But, but when you know, like a bunch when of this, people are gonna when hear this, this comes out, like I'll probably have like a belly ache. Like okay. I'll, I, I will be so nervous. That's what I was wondering <laughs> because there is a broader audience. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I will. I, I'll freak out. Yeah. Well, you know, I I don't know. I got to commend you on that because some people can't get over that sort of, uh, I guess I call it a fear, you know, of crowd or, or of being in front of yeah. groups of people. Some people don't put them, there's talented people who just cannot put themselves, get themselves out of the dark corner, so to speak, or out of their bedroom to go do anything out in the public like that. Well, so it's impressive. I mean, my parents, they were like, no, you have to do things. My, I was really shy when I was a kid and my You don't parents, seem shy. No. Well, I say I was shy. I, I, now as an adult, when I look back at it, I realized that it wasn't shyness because I'm not very outgoing and personable and like I don't meet a stranger. But I, in that school setting with like in a classroom with a bunch of people, like when focus would be on me, it would freak me out. And I realize now that was anxiety because I really struggle with anxiety more so in like the last probably like six years since Ruby was born. Um, and I, and like now it was grown looking back I'm like oh that's what that was I was just super anxious all the time but I don't think I didn't have that word and also I don't think that's a thing that you talk about in conjunction with kids you know that's not a thing that you think about so I yeah I I didn't it wasn't it wasn't shyness it was like oh my god everyone's looking at me you know it's funny that is really it's odd or maybe not odd more interesting because uh, my daughters are very creative, talented artists, and her anxiety just gets the best of her. Yeah. Oh, and I know I, a lot of creative it. people who their anxiety just it becomes a impediment to so many yeah. things. My parents pretty much just made us do stuff. Like mm. my dad, when, when I wanted some, to buy something, like he would put the money in my hand and make me go up to the counter oh, and buy yeah. it. And I was like, I'm going to die. I remember <laughs> when I was in like fourth grade, my teacher made me captain of the kickball team. And I mean, I legit sobbed. I was like, the idea of having to tell older kids where to go was, 
I mean, I just cried and cried and cried, and I mean, I had to do it. Like, so what did you do? <laughs> what changed? I mean, you you get to help you get through all the anxiety. This is super cliche, but it was basically that fake it till you make it. Yeah. When, when I was about 12, I was like, this is miserable. This is like so, like feeling like this all the time sucks. So I just decided I was going to pretend that I wasn't shy or whatever. Mm, yeah. And so I just, even when I was embarrassed, I would just act like I wasn't, I wasn't and I would blow it off and just go on being goofy and silly. And eventually like it got to where I didn't really have that anymore, but I mean, or at least I didn't show it because I always had it, but you wouldn't know. Do you still have it? But you could- <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh my God. Did, the idea of like, anytime I walk into a restaurant alone, I, I'm like, this is torture because even though no one's looking at you, I'm like, everyone's looking at me mm. and no one is. Can I tell you, <laughs> well, I know you know you're not alone, but I can totally relate to that. Now I had to do exactly what you said, fake it till you make it. Yeah. But, uh, I had, I mean, counseling, I didn't know what was going on, but I couldn't go out to, I'd, I'd go to a bar and I would see people having a good time and and I always and, like, and I always go man they're that? super chilled out and they look like they're having a good time and they they don't even care what anybody they don't even care that anybody's looking at them but I was had a million thoughts going yeah, through my head well, I, your hyper awareness yeah. I'm, I'm still like that I I've, felt like it was like a, like a long walk year, of shame just to go to the counter go into a I went to see one of my friends play he like had a CD release party and uh I went on my own I think Danny had to like get up really early the next day or something so I went by myself and I mean, there were a ton of people there that I knew, and I was still like, "This is torture. Like, mm. I hate this so much." Because I didn't have like one person that I could just cling to and be like, "This is my beard." Oh, look! It happened <laughs> to me. I was probably still. I mean, I, even in well into my adult life, I was working at a, an agency, and uh, it was the first place I had worked where they were kind of connected. Okay, I mean, they had like big events and like all the media people would come and I didn't know any of these people. So there was already like professional anxiety that I was just kind of fish out of water. I don't fit in here. But I tried to fake it till I make it. But we had an event one night and uh, I I worked, helped them set up. Everything was good. I was like, rock on, this is going to be fun. As soon as all these people started coming, I mean, all this harsh judgment on myself just like came crashing down. Like, you're not dressed right. (laughs) You don't belong here. They're smarter than you. And so I went and I, they needed something from the office. I don't remember what it was because it was in another complex in this place. So they said, uh, Kay, can you go get this thing? I can't remember what it is, but I was like, I'll go. And I went yeah, back to the office. Because you want to be busy. Because then you're like, I'm yeah. distracted from the ridiculousness in my own yeah. I did. I went there and hid. And I, yeah. needed, I needed, like, really, I sat there for like 30 minutes, like, going, I, trying to talk myself back into this room. <clears throat> and I just thought, man, what is this? It's still this doggone social yeah. anxiety, man. It's and up. it's so weird that after you have a word for something, you rec- you're like, it like it's like when you get a new car and all of a sudden you see that yes. car everywhere and you're like, how did I never notice these cars before? Like when you have a name for something, all of a sudden you're like, oh my god, that's what that is. That's what that is. Oh, this happens all the time, and I just didn't know what it was. Yeah, and you miss you're like I misidentified it as shyness or whatever. yeah, me too. I think it yeah. gets mis it, probably for a lot of people it was misidentified that way or as oh they don't like to do. fun things that was kind of what (laughs) really ate me up for a long time was like well they don't like to have fun it was like no i actually do but like there have to be certain parameters and there's rules about that like i have to and i knew subconsciously what those rules were and then 
before long, you're adjusting, <laughs> uh, you're adjusting your life to to navigate those things, avoiding yeah. this and only doing these certain things. That was what happened to me. And I'm happy. I know it. You've probably heard me mention filming videos, building websites, creating logos, or building brands on this podcast. Well, there's a good reason for that. I'm a brand builder, and my brand is Parker Brand Creative Services. My team and I have built countless brands in the Gulf Coast region, and a lot of our work in the travel and tourism industry is experienced across the country, and honestly, the whole world. We have our specialties, web, logo, package, and whole brand design, as well as video production and photography. But the reality is we function as a full service advertising agency to businesses that don't really mesh well with larger advertising agencies or just don't want to have in-house creative departments. But don't listen to what I say. Just go to our website, parkerbrandup.com and take a look at what we do. We're a show it, don't say it team. Okay, you should definitely say it too, but you know what I mean. That's parkerbrandup.com. We think sideways, we push forward, and we'll get your brand up. So take this, you've earned it, a melody and chorus. Yeah. I had to like do what you said though. That's like a key. And unfortunately, it's probably the best advice was forcing myself to do yeah. those things. Well, till it's I got just, more comfortable. It's miserable to feel stupid all the time. Or For like no reason feel, either. Yeah. And you know, you're like this, when you realize like this is just my own brain telling me lies. It's not real. Yeah. That's but, hard to, yeah. it's hard though when that's kicking in because I always, it, it's such well, a Yeah, because when thing. you're in the middle of it, it's, it, well, it's scary and it's also like exhausting. It takes so much energy and then you can reflect later and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was dumb. Like, <laughs> right. Why was I freaking out for no reason? You know, but when you're in it, you, that it feels like when you're in it, you feel so overwhelmed. You're like, oh my God, I'm going to die. And then on top of all of that, you're a creative person. You're an artist and you're trying to do these things. And then that's sort of tug it, playing tug of war with that. I mean, for me, that was how it was. Yeah. If I was to go do a presentation on branding, well, okay, that might sound real business-like, but I mean, I want it to be creative. And so I have this whole idea of what it's going to be. And I'm going to go talk to these people and try to give them my idea of like how to brand a business. And it sounds fun. And I've got all these great notes. And then I would get there. And you're like, <gasps> and then just seize up. And so it took for, I guess, I don't know, maybe a several years of doing that before it finally wore off. And then I got, I did read this book that helped a lot. It was called Presentation Zen. And it simplified the whole thing. And because what I learned was, Everything I was talking about, I knew intuitively, but I was trying to make a slide because that's what you do. You know, you make yeah. a slide. I was trying to make a slide that had the info and I was going to have to, and I was really just reading the slide. And what I came to realize with, from reading that book was that you just need a picture that represents the idea of what yeah. you're talking about. Don't put anything on it. And so that simplified it for me because then I went, okay, here's a picture of a dog's nose. <laughs> and what I was going to be talking about was using your senses to brand. So by smell and taste, and I knew how to talk about that, yeah. but I didn't need all those notes up there. And I was like, oh, Pete, this is more me. And that, that helped me with my anxiety a lot was to be just rest in myself, I guess, to, to some degree and quit worrying eventually. That oh my this gosh. Is... Like I, I could be a professional worrier. I oh, yeah? like, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I can just jump from worst case scenario to worst case scenario, like, which is 
why I've had panic attacks because that's what my brain does, which thankfully I haven't had a whole lot of those in my life. And it's only been in like the last like four years, I think four or five years. Yeah. The word my wife uses for that is, uh, catastrophizing. (sighs) Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what my brain does. It's ridiculous. And sometimes I can get myself out of it. And then other times, like depending on TMI, but like depending on what time of the month it is, like my hormones are just going nuts and it's like literally affecting my brain and my brain's like, oh my God. No, I get it (laughs) because I, when I'm falling apart, when I'm tired, too tired. Yeah. I mean, I I can get tired and still be okay, but when I'm too tired, uh, and I, I usually know because then my attitude starts really shifting and my thoughts get a little darker. Yeah. And, And the same thing, I jump from, I jump, I jump from, jump from, Bad thing to bad thing to bad thing, and then I've painted a path. And that's yeah. honestly kind of why we created this show, because it's so the easy. news does that to you, too. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, it's this... this. Uh, I use this app called Flipboard. I don't know if you've ever I used I have not Flipboard. heard of that. Flipboard's awesome if you like to aggregate information into clumps, like to where it's like a channel. <clears throat> and I use it, I read it every day. But I'll tell you the names of some of my magazines. And the one one of them's called Worm Sign. <laughs> what? Yeah, because it's like that whole magazine is filled with terrible things that are happening on Earth. Oh my God, that sounds horrible. And so that sounds horrible. But, but what happened was I was like, well, as I would read my news feed, I would see these things and go, well, that's a terrible story. Why there's so much of this? And I said, well, I'm gonna put that to the side in this folder. Well, what I didn't realize, and I had a bunch of different magazines, like little silos. This is art, and this is good news, and this is spiritual stuff. So like Pinterest for news? Yeah, for <laughs> for information, right, for news. Well, after you do that for a while, if every day when you open it, it starts to learn what you like. And then I found, oh, the more I saved those things into that worm sign magazine the more it's looking out into the Ugh. world and feeding it back. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and so I started to kind of meditate on that whole concept. I said, well, it's kind of like that everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, yeah. whatever you're engaging with and sharing and liking, it's just kind of dumping more of that in there. And then there's the, the noisemakers like advertisers who can just scream, jump in and put anything in front of you. So... You know, that was what I thought is, you know, for me to change my mind, I got to put new things in and better information. Yeah. And there's so much of it out there, but maybe we're just not scratching the paint off, you know, to look for it underneath stuff. Yeah. No, but, I know. Cause it's like, you, you don't want to hide on under a rock because obviously it's important to know what's going on. But at the same time, you have to know your limits Yeah. and be like, look, <laughs> if this is going to send me into a tailspin, it's not worth it. Cause I still have to live every day. I have to get up and I have to fix breakfast for my daughter and I have to do her schoolwork with her and I have to fill Etsy orders and I have to clean my house and wash my dishes and feed my animals and like collect the eggs from the chickens. Like I have life stuff that I have to do and it has to get done. And what it, where I'm not going to be happy doing my regular life if the whole time everything I'm doing there's a background noise of like this is terrible the world's falling well, apart yeah, you'd never do everything art. sucks yeah. yeah I mean that would stifle to me it seems like it would stifle your ability to do good to continue to grow as an artist right well and I don't I cannot function when I'm upset and I can't produce artwork when I'm upset like I I paint when I'm happy and it makes me happy and I can't I mean I I know some people are different. And I'm just not like that. That's not well, your how your art wired. is happy to me. Even when you're painting a darker character, maybe like Edward Scissorhands <laughs> or, or anything. I mean, I've, I've, I look at everything. Yes, hey, everything. Whatever's coming through my feed, and um, 
even the darker things have like a joy to them, I think. And there's a lot of pink and blue. Pink blue and blue. Blue is the yeah. happiest color. I love that stuff. Blue you is do just like so, that. it's the, I, there's a lot of blue in everything I do. If there's no blue in it, then I was working real hard because I want to slap blue all over the place. What I like <laughs> about your stuff, and, and I guess that you're probably painting things you're interested in. Pretty much, yeah, because, you know, I went through a time when I was trying to paint what I thought people wanted to see. Mm. And that is so disingenuous. <clears throat> it's just not, and it's not me, and it felt wrong. And I, and the work wasn't quality, or at least it wasn't as high quality as it could be. And when I'm painting the stuff that I'm interested in, that I like, and that I'm into, like, the quality is so much higher. Because I care about it, and I want to, and I'm like, ooh, let's see if I can make this look how this looks you yeah. know and i spend more time and take more breaks and step further back and i'm not trying to just rush to get it done see that and again i can relate everything you said and it's good advice to our business because we deal with graphic design you know brochures logos websites billboards you name it and so you want what you just said i want to work on things that I care about. But, yeah, but, because it reflects in the work. It does. I can <laughs> tell the difference between a thing. But, you know, I'll tell you, sometimes there's that thing that you do, and it turns out okay, and you're going, ah, had to do it in a hurry. It's, ne it's a necessity project, yeah. and then the client loves, loves it. it. And yeah. then you're like, oh, man, they love that? And you don't, and you go, well, do I even know what they love? I mean, you know. Well, you know, it's funny yeah. because I... The stuff that I really like that I paint is totally different from the stuff that other people really respond to. Because the things that like I work the hardest on and that I'm the proudest of, people do not care about. <laughs> Nobody, they're like, eh, that's a nice painting, whatever. And then like something that, there's a perfect example. There's this drawing that I did and it's not even a drawing. It is a scribble. And it's the profile of a woman with like, kind of flippy hair i did it in sharpie on printer paper like not even on you were real just paper messing around you i was like, just like Doo -doo 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 -doo, and just like whipped this thing out i put like a little bit of color pencil to color like the lips and the eyelid and it is not a good drawing it's like not even a good sketch and people love that stupid doodle and i've kept it in like you know, sometimes I retire work after a while because I'm usually I'm just tired of seeing it. I'm like, I'm sick of looking at this. So we're just going to put it away. And I've kept that one because consistently, if I have stuff with that stupid drawing on it, people will buy it. And I'm like, well, I don't understand the appeal, but whatever. It's interesting. I wonder what it is. I don't know. It drives me nuts because, I mean, I'm not kidding when I tell you it's literally like a five minute whatever and you know that I spent is, no time on it didn't think about it it just i've got a logo that happens to me uh i don't know that's gonna sound so arrogant and i don't mean it no 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 i know what you mean but okay so i am pretty quick at doing logos it's not because i'm a fast designer i think well practice <laughs> yeah i mean i've got a lot of experience and i think i've just got whatever like a lot of people a brain that works that way so when i sit and talk to a client i start seeing something almost immediately after I get a good, after we've had a little talk, yeah. something's going in my head. But as the creative director, a lot of times I don't, <clears throat> I need to give the work to my team. Yeah. So I need to go, okay, here's the idea. Y'all take off and do something. But with some clients, we need to give them another option. So a lot of times I'll go in at the end after everybody's kind of done their thing and I try not to even look at what they've done and just go, okay, well, based on what I had in my head, 
I need to go crank something out. So I'll go sit at my desk in like two hours, two and a half hours and crank something out. More often than not, and I'm, this is not an arrogant thing. Again, I'm trying to make sure I'm not saying no. I'm like, oh, it's so good. But more often than not, that's the one they'll go that's with. That's the one they go yeah. with. Well, experience shows though. But it, but it's not, but I'm going, I just, this, it's like, like you really? said, I go, really? And because I'm looking at some of the other work that the team did and I'll go, Man, that's pretty stellar. And I, yeah. I usually will go, oh, I, if it were me, if I were the client, I'd I would pick, go with that one. Yeah. I'd pick, you know, John Smith's over there. Yeah. And then the client comes back and goes, there was one that we just really liked that stood above the rest. I'm like, what are they? And I'm going, oh, it's going to be, no. It's the one I did that was just like, to me, like the equivalent yeah. of what you're talking about. It's like something I just kind of did. I mean, honestly, to throw I'm an like, extra in the I'm bag. like, that thing was, tr- like, it was trash. Yeah. I actually kind of <laughs> sometimes hate that because I'll go, man. I want to almost go to the client because I want to please the client. Yeah. But at the same time, I want to go to them and go, are you sure you don't want to like, <laughs> let me give you a pitch for one of these yeah. other ones, you know, because I mean, they put so much time and I yeah. mean, I love it. And I don't know. I know what you mean though. Cause there's things in our portfolio that I'm like, Oh, there's a whole story behind yeah. why that logo was uh, picked. Yeah. You know, and it's just not the one that I don't know. It's just the way it came to be. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and I guess I should be grateful if something speaks to people, but I'm just like, I don't understand why. Yeah. Like, kinda... cause I'm like looking at that and then I look at something that I spent like three days meticulously painting and I'm like, but look at this. I actually took time on this and I like had a plan and executed it. And then, you know, people are like, no, I like that one. So you go from, <laughs> so art and business, you know, that's difficult, but you, you obviously draw and paint and do all the things you do because you love it, yes. right? Okay, so how do you go from, I love doing this, this is fun, and then go to the next step where you're saying, okay, now I'm going to put it out there, not just for people to look at and go, cool, or heart, or yeah. like, or share, but to actually go buy this. Um, is that Was that a transition that you made? Was it weird at first? No, then, actually... I've been way more comfortable about sharing my artwork than anything else. And like always. Um, yeah, no, that's, I, I, I've never, it's funny because like as someone who, when I was a kid, I was so kind of like weird about attention in big groups, not in small groups. In small groups, I'm like, everyone, look at me, look at me. <laughs> so uh, artwork was always like, I liked that kind of attention. I like, because it's not really on me. It's indirect, or it's like indirect, mm. so it's safe because people like they'll say nice things to me about it, but they're looking at the artwork, yeah. and I'm not getting like get I'm not you. getting the direct attention, so it doesn't. Mm. So it feels I don't know. It just feels like it's like safe attention. I don't yeah. know if that even makes sense. No, I do know what you but mean, but because yeah. it's and and I think it's easier to be proud of something that you've made and put time and effort into than it is to be proud of like yourself because I don't feel pride in myself. Cause I know what a dork I am and like, (laughs) and I know all my flaws and so, and, but I also know like the work that I put into our, you know, my art and how long it's taken me to get comfortable with this media and doing that and like what I struggle with. So when people are, are complimentary about my artwork, like I will absolutely take it. I'm like, yes, thank you. That's really nice because yeah. because I because it that is like a product of you know I don't know it's a physical representation of stuff that I've learned and it's not 
it's not really about me as a person. Yeah, you know, maybe if not. If that makes sense. It does make sense. And I, I just or wonder. Or at least that's how I feel about it. That's how it. you feel about it. Because yeah. I don't feel like it's, a re- it's, it's about me so much. I don't know. I don't even know how no, to describe it. I, I don't mean. even know. I think, I, I, I guess, um, see, I actually can't relate to that. I've never had that kind of feeling. But I think my, maybe my daughter feels that way. when She likes, when she prefers the attention to her art than yeah. the attention to her. Yeah. And so she's expressed that kind of thing before. And I think maybe I've, I've, I've probably heard other artists say that. Same thing. Well, and it's so funny because with social media, like it can be really frustrating because um, I, the thing I think I struggle most with is, you know, I'll occasionally post pictures of myself like on Instagram because people want to see the person that creates the art. Like they really, really want to, and well, sure, yeah, that I get that, and for I sure. and I get it, but like I am not good at curating myself, I guess, because I'm, mm. I don't know, I just feel so awkward, like it's so unnatural for me. It's really like I'm good at doing that on my like personal Instagram because it's private and because I post pictures of my kid and stuff. Like I'm totally fine with posting pictures of myself. It feels way weirder on my art page but i feel like it's something that i need to do because people want to see the face like the person that's creating this work i get that for sure you know like danny and maybe even you i don't know but i was always into comic book art and comic books when i was a kid my dad was a comic book reader and uh i I mean i would just read his comics when i was as far back as i can remember and uh one of my favorite artists i didn't even know I really didn't know who he was. I didn't care. I just saw his signature on all the stuff I liked. His name was George Perez. He's still oh, George, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know George Perez. Okay. I know who that is. And I just gravitated towards his work all through the 80s, up into the 90s, and then I went to my first comic convention in Dallas, and he was there. And that was before the, you know, the internet. Yeah, yeah. You know, it explodes with social media or anything like that, so you had to go there to meet the person. But man... I remember meeting him particularly. There was a bunch of artists there, but George, for me, when I saw him... He's one of the greats. (laughs) Oh, my God. Legend, first of all. Yeah. I was really starstruck, and I remember having the thought, before this moment, comic books could have just fell out of the sky into a printing press. Yeah. But this moment right here... I see a human being does this. It was my first and then you, real... And you, especially when you realize how much work goes into making right. a comic book. It's insane. Oh, like, man. so and many the, steps. the massive talent <laughs> this guy was and just the amount of... As I'm watching him and, and, and really just And the amount listening. of art that they crank out. Yeah. Just for one single comic book. What? It's nuts. What an awesome experience that was. It changed my brain cool. and the whole thing. And I get... That was my moment where I got why. Why somebody yeah. wanted to meet the artist. Because yeah. I think it just re... This is getting about to get deep. Here we go. <laughs> We're going off the cliff. It reaffirmed how important our humanity was behind everything. Yeah. It wasn't just that. And that kind of, I guess, kind of goes into what you're saying. You know, you like want to show people the art and you like the compliment of the art. You don't really care about the compliment to yourself. So it doesn't much. seem like it's, it doesn't even feel like it's to me. Yeah. If that makes sense. But it's pretty interesting because, I mean, maybe more artists feel that way, but at the same time, there's something amazing about the fact that it is arising out of a human being behind it. Yeah. I just think that's pretty awesome. It gets into this sort of something I've called, I don't know, other people may use the word, but I just call it the creative principle. 
because I didn't have another name for it, but I had this thought that there is creativity is so we've got energy, right? You've got uh, electricity, you've got kinetic energy, wind energy, all these momentum things, these things that generate power. But then there's these intangibles like love, creativity. I, I really have came to believe that those things exist as energies, not just that they're just nothing and then somebody just makes a thing. We say creativity, but what is it? And so I think it's pretty interesting when creativity is in a person and then that person gives birth to things. That's in- well, you know, and that's interesting for another reason because the the two things you said about work and create or love and creativity, those are things that you have to work at to create it. It doesn't just happen. Like love requires work. It's something. It's like something that you get do. Some love, right? Yeah. So like you have to create the energy for that because because it's an action and and creativity too. Like. You can be as creative as you want, but if you don't create work to express it, like no one's ever gonna know, and it's not gonna mean anything. So yeah, so have, creativity it has could to like be die. an expression. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think that that's probably you can see that played out in a lot of ways. I mean, if you don't, uh, if creativity is an energy, you know, and it's pouring into you, let's say, and you don't give it away, it the engine well, the engine die. doesn't spin. <laughs> it just sort of gets in there and stifles out, and like you can smother it. But if you give it away, you get more, almost, to, so to speak. It's no, like, a, I think like so. a gift. And I think love maybe works the same way. Uh, or we so. hope, you know. Yeah. But I don't know. I think that in a way, when I see people who are creative, I'm always fascinated by it. Because I, I tend to just have this sort of, maybe it's a mystical worldview, <laughs> but I just go, creativity wants to be born. Yeah. All no, the I time. Think so. And it just like wants to come out of people. And when certain people allow it to happen like what i see you're doing with your art it just begins to blossom and then it keeps blossoming and then expanding and then getting better and i know that's practice and i think yeah. a, a cynical mind could go well practice makes perfect and throw that away bull malarkey practice makes proficient because perfect does not exist <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that is not a real thing <laughs> well right exactly i mean and what is that anyway i if mean you're definitely if you're aiming for perfection you are going to be perpetually disappointed because you're never going to achieve it <laughs> Well, I mean, if we wanted everything to be perfect, there wouldn't be giant coffee. There wouldn't be hundreds and hundreds of coffee table books. And we wouldn't need of good artists news. that have. That's right. <laughs> you have artists who show their original work and and then the history of their work and then their final work. And the reason we love that stuff is because we get to we. I think it harkens to this deep, like primal desire in a person to want to change, to 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 not just stay still and be stagnant. I think somewhere. Some whatever I don't know what the word even is, but there's some part of a person that wants to change and wants to do new things and branch well, out. Well, and you want to be able to see see your growth. Like my little girl constantly is like, "Ooh, measure me against the door. I have a grown Measure yeah, me against yeah, the yeah. door." We all do. And right, she right. needs to like. She's like, she's like obsessed. Like she needs to see her growth. Like she needs to see it. And as with art, like the great thing about it is like, you can go back and be like, "Oh." I painted this five years ago. It's terrible, but look how much I've grown. Like, you can see that I've changed this and that and the other, and my technique has smoothed out, or, you know, I've I've ditched that and I tried this, and I think it's you you need in order to get to, I think, be satisfied with your work, you have to see the growth, you know, because if you don't, you're it's just like, Meh. yeah. Mm. 
Well, I mean, so that's good. I mean, doing that. So what, what keeps you, is it just natural for you to keep trying and, and pushing ahead or is it something that you have to work at? Um, I mean, I think it's a combination because you know, I, there are a lot of artists that I keep up with their work that I really admire and I'm like, I want to learn to do that. I want to try and emulate that in a piece and see if I can have not, you know, you don't want to recreate someone else's work, but you want to, you want to take, you know, this thing that I like from this artist and this thing that I like from this artist and see if I can make that my own and see what I do with it and what, like, what will the result be? And generally anytime I've like tried to emulate or, you know, seen something in an artwork that I really liked and I thought, I want to try that and see if I can do that. You know, I will handle the, because sometimes I see artwork that's like, you know, oil painting or acrylic, which is not what I do. I do watercolor. And I'm like, I wonder if I can reproduce this with watercolor. Or like, what can I, or can I do something similar? And generally what happens is I try to do something. It doesn't look anything like what I expected, but I learned something new that I couldn't do before. And then I can just apply that to, to new stuff, you know. To, yeah. to future works and and I learned it by acts you know I learned it thinking I'm gonna do this and the result is something totally different but I still learned and I learned something that I wouldn't have learned otherwise if I hadn't tried yeah do you have a favorite medium is watercolor watercolor which this is like <laughs> I always joke that I have an art degree like a useless art degree because I don't use it because I do have an art degree I went to McNeese <laughs> I uh took me five years to get a four-year degree because <laughs> I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll just take my time. My parents are paying for this, which I'm so very fortunate that my, but I will say my parents were like, you have to get a college degree. We don't care what it's in. And I was like, all right, Some if, you're, art. if you're paying for it, sure. Uh, actually what I really wanted to do was forensics. I wanted to go into forensic science. Oh, we were talking about that earlier. <laughs> but, uh, they didn't have like, they didn't have a program at McNeese for that at the time. And, uh, oh my gosh, what we wouldn't have all these got right. I wouldn't have my amazing podcast to listen yeah. to all the time, all my murder shows, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and it was important for me to stay. I wanted to stay home because my little brothers were like, when I graduated from high school, my youngest brother graduated from kindergarten. Like my brothers were still babies and I didn't want to be that like older sister that you, oh yeah, I have an older sister. She's married. But I don't really know her that well. Like that was like horrifying to me. I wanted to watch them grow up and I wanted to like be a big part of their lives. So it was really important for me to like stay home and go to school and be around them while they were growing up. And so my second choice was art. <laughs> and I was like, all right, we'll just do this. And then I, when I declared my, um, concentration, my concentration was actually, um, relief printing, printmaking. Okay. And so I did mostly, like, I did a little bit of intaglio. That wasn't really my favorite thing. And so I did mostly, like, leno and yeah. woodcuts, leno cuts uh-huh. and woodcuts. And and then I graduated, and I was like, hey, man, turns out, like, that's really expensive. And I can't afford a printing press. And I also don't feel like having to go up to McNeese to print stuff. So I got, like, a $24 miniature watercolor set. Just and, to start. And I... T- and. Also, I'm, I was such a snob when I was at school. I was like, I'm not taking photography and I'm not taking painting because I don't want to do that. <laughs> I was such a brat. And so I, I didn't take a single painting class when I was up in these. Not one. 
ever. Wow. And so I had to, <laughs> so I had to start from total scratch with watercolor, and I've had to teach myself how to do so that. So that's a testament, though. <laughs> I mean, that actually, I mean, it's funny, but it's like it just shows so you stupid. that you are an artist. I mean, <laughs> for whatever the story, I'm thinking about the story you said about why you got into it. I mean, I love the attitude you have because it's sort of like, well, this story isn't any good. It's like it's this happened because the of this. worst. And then, and then all the way, even going to my knees, like I gotta take something. I'm gonna take art, you know. Or it's not your first choice. But it is what you are really awesome yeah. at. So, which isn't to say that I wasn't super into art because I was. Well, I no, mean, but it you know what I mean. It was interest, like I want to be a forensic scientist. But I was oh, like, I that I sounds really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think I that's wanted to be a police officer too, and my mom was like, "You're too short." No. <laughs> so I was like, "Well, all right." And no. I'm, I'm, I was a very obedient. I was a very obedient kid, so I was like, "Okay." First, also, firstborn girl child, you know, there's high expectations. What about your own child? Is she uh, creative? Oh my god! I wonder. Did you see? Got... Did you see her oil painting? No. Wow. <laughs> so okay, Danny showed her an episode of Bob Ross. Yeah. And she was like, "I want to do that." <laughs> so he, I'm not, and Danny, I just gotta say. Danny, I thought I was in love with Danny when I met him. Like, like, not when I met him. Like, when we got married. Like, I thought, I mean, I thought he was cute right off the bat. And then when we got married, like, I thought I was in love with him. And then we had Ruby. And I, the first time I saw him hold that kid, I was like, oh, damn. Now I'm in love with this dude. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even know. Like, seeing, a, seeing your husband become a dad is like, oh, it's just the best thing ever. And he is the best dad. Such a good dad. Just, I mean, he, that girl is his buddy and he is just like, they do outdoors things. They go on adventures. He draws maps for her and makes her swords. And like, it's just the cutest. They have the cutest relationship of anything ever, but he's very, he's very encouraging. And he's like, Oh, you want to do this? Let's do it. And being art people. I mean, we got art supplies stinking everywhere. And for a little while, Danny was doing oil portraits and stuff just because he'll just pick something. He's like, I'm going to do oil portraits. And then he does it and they're awesome. And I'm like, <laughs> like really? Like he can draw comic books and he can watercolor and he can Shifts do oil gears portraits. Into different... He can do murals. I'm like, and you can just stop right now. What Everyone already knows you're awesome. Cut it out. But uh, he broke out his oil paints and his and a canvas and stuff. And he put the, he like, he pulled up the video on his phone and he like just let her go and she he i think he like set up the paint and stuff for her obviously and kind of showed her like how to clean the brush and how to dilute the paint and that kind of thing but uh he actually like he set her up and then he went to the store and i wasn't paying attention i was doing something else and when he came back she had a finished oil painting Come and it on. looks i'll have to i'll pull it up on my phone it's really amazing and <laughs> my dad bought it <laughs> he was but like that, that encourages her though oh, i mean seeing both of your parents do this and then the way y'all are the way you promote yourselves and go does she go to the um any of the shows with you whenever y'all yeah she well as she's gotten older like me being the paranoid person that I am that listens to lots of murder podcasts. Um, <laughs> I am like, in crowds, it freaks me out. Like, when she was younger, it wasn't as big a deal because she would stay close and she was easily entertained. And, like, she would just sit around and play. But now, like, there's, like, a jumpy thing. Like, she wants to go and go and play. And, like, you know, she'll walk up to random kids and be like, you want to come play with me? Yeah, yeah. Easy And friend. it just makes me a nervous wreck because I'm like, there's so many people here. Sure and if fun. she is out of my sight for a couple seconds, I'm like, oh, my God, she's going to get out. Yeah, I feel that way with our little boy, too, because he's kinetic. Oh, and uh, it's the same thing. 
Oh, so so she hasn't been coming as much with me because it stresses me out. And I'm like, I can't watch you and sell art. Like, (laughs) it's too hard. Yeah. And I mean, she's really well behaved, but, you know, she's still a kid. And so, and for me, like events are, it's not just the duration of the event, which might only be four hours, which is very doable. It's like the setup. And I usually try to arrive at least two hours early so I can get all set up. And then, you know, the breakdown, which is between half an hour and an hour, depending on whatever. So, I mean, it's, it's like six or seven hours, which yeah. is, that's a lot for a six-year-old. You know, she's, oh, absolutely. She's a little kid and she's a really good kid and she entertains herself well because she's an only child, but you know, still. Well, so. okay. So six or seven hours, man, that's a lot. I mean, that's a long time. I don't time. think people, I, I wonder how many people who go to things like, you know, Local art, like arts and crabs, or yeah, I don't think people realize. I don't think they do either. It. So, what do you think? I mean, I'm, this is kind of getting into the economics of the whole thing. That that amount of effort, you've got six or seven hours of setup time. Then, of course, you got to drive home. You got to drive and I live there. Far you away. live pretty far away. That's right. There you go. Oh, hang on. Let me see. <laughs> wow, that's her first. Uh, yeah, it's her first oil painting. Wow, that's incredible. And that's on your. Where do you have that shared at? Uh, Danny shared it, and then I just shared his post. That's really good. She did that from look, watching a Bob Ross video. Bob Ross. And she would like pause it so that she could do what he was doing. Because she, you know, she's little, so she couldn't work as fast as him. So she would like pause it and do whatever. And then put and it back on. how old is she? She's six. Oh or six gosh, and a half. Oh my gosh, man. That's incredible. Yeah. Really? Well, when she, when I she told her. She got a bug art, for uh, art already. Yeah, I told her if she, if she does another one, I'll uh, I'll time lapse it and let her. And so I'll do, do a speed and meet I know, for her. Look, and your fans <laughs> love that. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, they, they love that. Kind of thing. I know I do. Whenever I see people share, well, because their... people want to know, like, how did you do that? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, let me show you. <laughs> Here yeah. we go. It's fascinating. Is watching things be made. I love it. I mean, I think we're fascinated by that as a culture. Anyway, yeah. we like to watch how it's made. How yeah. freaking Snicker bars are made, or whatever. You know, it's all. It always seems like it's either way simpler than you thought, or like a thousand times more complicated. Yeah. <laughs> Our my favorite video that we did here. I think it might be our only time we ever did it was back when we did the Contraband Days rebranding. We did oh, a little yeah. video and Michelle Louisiana and I... Louisiana Pirate Festival now? Yeah, Louisiana yeah, Pirate yeah, Festival. Yeah. It's the same logo, but it's changed yeah. the name. But uh, yeah, we did this little... Well, I don't know if it was time lapse, but we had this whole thing. Like we were going to do this documentary thing where it's like all our thoughts and... And we had thoughts, but we started filming that thing, and we're like, this is dumb, <laughs> this man. Is Nobody work. cares. <laughs> and so we just went back and just filmed uh the work like us doing the sketches and picking the colors and all that and did just put music to it and that was infinitely more interesting than anything we had to say yeah if i wanted to say something put it on a podcast that's right because the work just speaks for itself that's right but no getting back to you uh setting up at shows i mean there's a lot of people who want to do art and who have dreams of being successful artists and making a living doing their art I wonder how many really know how much work goes into that. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely like, it's like a hustle. Yeah. <laughs> you got to hustle it up. And like I don't know. I've, like, I can't really speak about other other people and how they operate because I only know how I do. But um, I mean, I'm pretty much always in a headspace of like <laughs> working toward my next thing. Yeah. What's the next thing? That I'm going to be doing. I'm all. I've always got a million ideas bouncing around in my head. I mean, I have a list 
a mile long of stuff that I want to paint and I add to it constantly and I'm like, I will never paint all this. <laughs> but it's good. Yeah. And to, then, to have that. And in conjunction with that, I'm also thinking of like, okay, you know, what did I sell at the last event that I need to reproduce for this event? What isn't selling? What do I need to retire? You know, what, so how you're, many, you really do have a mind for business of art. I mean, I don't, it seems I don't know. like you do. I mean, maybe, I, I don't know. Just as somebody who's in advertising and marketing and, you know, looking at the way people promote themselves, I would say if I, if somebody asked me, do you know an artist that's, uh, uh successfully branding themselves personally? I would say you. Oh, thanks. Definitely. That's a really high compliment. Well, I mean, you've named yourself the Inkling Girl. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I know. And I, I mean, do you that, know what it, you know what it's from? No, I don't. Okay. So but will I, when you tell me and will, will I get I'm, it? Or am I, gonna... I don't know. Well, it depends if you're as big a dork as me. Well, let's see. So I'm a big, like a ginormous, uh, CS Lewis fan. Okay. I love like the Chronicles of Narnia. Those were yep. the books that like changed reading for me mm-hmm. and, um, and Lord of the Rings too, but less so. Cause I read those and I was like, mm, this is really wordy. Uh, but I've always been a huge C.S. Lewis fan, and he and J.R.R. Tolkien and a bunch of other dudes at that time would hang out at this uh, pub called, I think it was called, like, the, I don't know, the Child and the Eagle, or the Eagle and Child, and they would call it the Bird and the Baby. Okay. And they had a writer's group called the Inklings. Oh, I never heard this story, no. Yeah. So when I, and I don't even know why I thought I needed to have a name other than my own name. I don't know why I thought that. But uh, originally, I had it as the Inkling, uh-huh. and then I later changed it to the Inkling Girl because I just thought it was more specific. Yeah. And so I changed it, and uh, yeah. I-, I love it because I-, I don't know why, but for me, I think of words like changeling. Yeah. It has like a fantasy it element. Does. Well, whimsy. and that's what it feels like to me. Is v- and whimsy, like, I feel like my artwork is super whimsical. Sure, I agree. And I lo- it's bright yeah. to me. I feel like it's yeah. a happy... Oh my God. I'm like, how many colors can I put in this I, and how bright can I make them? Yeah, can I tell Ooh. you what I think of? I don't know why, but when I look at your work, and it might be why I like it, it's the color. I feel like, I don't know, I think of sweets. When I look at your artwork, I think of sweets, like candy, like candy, like like pastries and sweets. And I, I, and love I don't even, that. and I don't even eat sweets. You know, I have a. But it I, makes I me did feel a, um, like I'm in a pastry shop or something. That's awesome. I, don't know. I think does that makes sense. Yes, I Cupcakes. think that's wonderful. Because uh, I think that's a that's a positive connotation. So that's yeah. What, yeah. I, yeah, I used I like to love that. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Did you ever watch that? I've seen that one time, and I was an adult when I saw it, and I was like, yeah, no, no. Yeah, well, I had a dog. <laughs> it was the only tape I had whenever my daughter was like I was more a, of a Mary a Poppins Well, okay, kid, same kind so. of vein, I yeah, guess. But there's similar. this, um, the, I don't know, there's just uh, something about the songs in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and yeah. I, I can almost like, there's a song called Toot Sweet, Toot, yeah, yeah, sweet, yeah. Toot. I think of that song sometimes. I don't know why when I'm looking at your art and flipping through it. I'm like, I just feel like the song should be playing. That's so Isn't that funny. weird? No, I don't think that's weird. Because, I mean, we just associate, like, that's how our brains work is we associate one yeah. thing with something else. You know, I have a, a, a series of, like, it's a kind of a combination between drawings and paintings, uh, a Skull Candy series. Oh, do you? It's called Skull Candy, and it's different skulls, and they're all drawn in ink, uh-huh. and then they have rainbow drips. Oh, I've seen them. Those, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, are, like a saber-toothed tiger or yeah. something. Yeah. Those are, they're called Skull Candy. Those are cool. See, okay, there's yeah. a good, another example to go back. If I saw those, and that's all I saw, 
I wouldn't have put that with you. Yeah. Because the style is not... It's totally different. Yeah, totally they're different. They're very, very specific and they're very rigid. So, I mean, in a way, you're kind of like them. your husband in that regard. I mean, you know, you said he can jump from maybe medium to medium to medium and style to style. I would say that you you have uh, he, the same ability to some degree too, right? Uh, I mean, his range is a lot wider. Just yeah. because it, doing comic, like the nature of doing comic books, I mean, you have to learn yeah, how to draw literally is. everything. Yeah, true. Like true. all perspectives, all different body types. And I rarely draw figures. I usually do just like faces. You just know where you're, what you like. I, I agree. I know, yeah, I, I'm like, I like faces and I don't care about the rest of yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. I, when I was uh, drawing, I preferred drawing faces too. I think that it was... I, I've always actually been fascinated by faces. Well, it's so interesting because they all have the same basic elements and yet can look so different, so crazy different. Mm -hmm. It's insane. And yeah, it's just really interesting. Faces are interesting. Well, getting back to your branding, uh, (laughs) I'm going to, here we go. But uh, I don't know. I just think that it's a good, uh, it'd be a good study for somebody who's trying to, who's an artist who's going, I don't know what to do. What should I do? Because I think you, if you're not doing that, based on something you've written down, oh, I'm going to put, I'm going to make an identity and I'm going to just, you're doing that stuff just intuitively. I think it's accidental. <laughs> well, it's happy. really good. It's a I series mean, of happy accidents, which is pretty much my whole life. Yeah. What's well, a good say. brand? Oh, thank you. I mean, you. from a branding perspective, it's a good brand for an artist because I honestly, and I don't know if this is not a jab, but it's just an observation. I mean, I follow a lot of local artists' pages and I see some that have come after you. I go, I think they may be trying to take a little page from Morgan's book. Really? Yeah. That's hilarious. Not, I don't mean that in a bad way. No, either. no, 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 no. I mean, I know just, that, it's a compliment. <laughs> but I, I've seen a few things. Oh, yeah, they're kind of, she kind of did this first. Hmm, you know, maybe. first, first, first in line, first one to give it a shot locally anyway. Yeah. And other people kind of go, oh, that's kind of working out like that. I think that's just what you said you do. You go, oh, I look Absolutely. At, so I think well, other I mean, people may be doing that. I think that's just the nature of artwork is like you see something you like and you're like, what can I do with that? What can I put my spin on it? And can I make it mine? Yeah. You know, cause it's, I think very like artwork just in general is very, you have to, t- I mean, even if we go way back to like the Renaissance and you know, you look like painters taught other painters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these students would have elements of the people who taught them. Like they would have their style very, you know, you would be able to look back and be like, Oh, you, you took from this person because mm-hmm. it's very, that's a very just, just how art works. I think is you just take this and that and then you, how can I make this mine? What can I do differently? And it's just kind of yeah. build on it. You build on it. And it just like, when we're and then as you go, you eventually find like, I think a more consistent, cohesive identity and style. It takes a long time though. It's funny. Cause I still don't feel like, like I'm there, but I mean, I think maybe to other people, I guess I, it matches up with like advice I give to to customers about branding, and it's funny because if you look behind me, you see that pickle yeah. jar. So I, I always tell people to let it soak because I did this presentation. I kind of got fed up with doing all these branding presentations. I was like, nobody's listening anyway. Yeah. I'm gonna tell them they need to do all this stuff, and it's gonna build over time, just what you just described. And I feel like was was that at uh... yeah yeah arts and humanities? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think I was there for that. The pickle thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I was remember like, that. That was sort of one of those times where I was like, I guess at a, a funk with what I was doing. I was like, I'm telling people to not quit hurrying up and trying yeah. to make an overnight success and let's do some real long-term branding and let it soak and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, nobody's listening. So I got asked to do a presentation and I thought, I'm just, just like, gonna, I'm just going to tell the <laughs> truth. And that was that the whole thing was you can't stick a cucumber in 
a jar of vinegar with dill and then pull it out and have a pickle. It doesn't work like that. It takes a really long time. You have to let it soak. And so that's why I keep that back there because it's whenever I can tell in a meeting at this table, I can feel it. It's like, oh, I want to do it tomorrow. It's got to happen. Quick, 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 quick. And I'm like, yeah, okay, we can do that. But it's not going to be a real, lived-in, diverse really human with a real personality and voice brand. It's just not going to happen. And so what you're talking about is that, I mean, build on it, build on it, build on it. And it becomes super dense and it's like a country, you know, it's got all the culture of the inkling girl, you know, what, uh, if I asked you to pick a piece, boy, this will be hard. Oh God. (laughs) Pick a piece that somebody's going to put out there. If you had to send it off to go, we are going to feature you on something. And we need one piece of your art oh to represent goodness. you. What would it be? Do you have like a favorite I, that my, you go back to? My favorites change. Like, because right now my favorite is the uh, the portrait I did of um, Drew Barrymore as Casey Becker oh, yeah, in Scream. I'm super into that one because I really branched out and you wouldn't know it other than me. Like that one was really hard. It, I did, I I handled the paint differently and I handled the... Um, I held, I have a tendency to like want to do every detail, which is really ridiculous with watercolor because the whole, the great thing about watercolor is like, it's half your intention and half what it's going to do. Like you can only control it so much. And if you try to control it a ton, it doesn't look good. It ends up looking like just weird. And so I really, with that one, I was like, all right, I'm just going to like calm down and like allow things to happen and so I really like that one. But man, if I had to choose like one thing, oh. That's tough, huh? That would be hard. Oh, man. See, I don't know I don't about. Know. I don't know. I don't know all of your art, but I've dug through it. And for some reason. There's a lot. There is a lot. <laughs> and there's a lot of variety. But for me, and I, maybe it's just because it was the ones. I mean, I've seen your art before, but it was the ones that really piqued my interest. Were, uh, God, what did you call them? The skull? The, the girls. The um, Oh, the muses. The muses. muse series. When I see. And I know it's not one piece, but no, when I see 48. the whole collection together, I just love it. I'm Thanks. Like, you don't I have just... po- I have posters of the full. Uh, Do you? Oh, yeah. I need to get one because I love that. I just like Thanks. looking at them, and I don't know, just neat. Those I, I were. Um, it took me like two. It was almost two years to create all those, and it's forty-eight portraits, and uh, I grew a lot. I learned a lot when I was doing that. I love I mean, the I had to magic of them. They, you made these people just into fantasy almost. I mean, just like bright. Well, I, I definitely wanted them to all be very like ethereal. Uh, and yes, like that's the, word, yeah. um, basically like what you would look like if you were in fairyland. Mm, yeah. Like what, like what would you look like if magic was real? Yeah. What would you look like if you were dropped into Narnia mm-hmm. or, you know, some other amazing magical place like what what would you look like and so that's kind of i don't think i ever like said that out loud until just now but that was what what i wanted that was what i wanted to convey that's a good way to to say it because i actually kind of had a never-ending story yeah oh that was one of my favorite movies growing up used to scare the crap out of me i loved it (laughs) gamork scared the bejesus out of me when i was a kid you look back at things when you watched them as a kid and it's like oh this isn't what i thought it was i've rewatched many things man i do some good i do some good impersonations from that movie oh you got one you want to break no (laughs) no No, i mean i say i say good in like in my head, it sounds good. good. To when me. it comes out of my face, <laughs> it's less good. Yeah, 
I, I know what you mean. There's things that I, I think I'm like, oh, this sounds really good or this idea or this concept. And I'm all when I'm up here working at night, you know, I've got these ideas about things I want to do. And then when I really break it down, I'm like, That's not, that doesn't work. That doesn't work at all. Yeah. What was I doing? What was I thinking? <laughs> that was good to me. It's just for me. It's my own show in my own head, you know. Well, and I think that's just I think that's just part of the process of like creating something is, you know, you have an idea and sometimes it's just an idea and it's just going to be an idea. Mm-hmm. And, you know, by the, when it comes to fruition, it's going to be completely different because most, most of my artwork, like I'll picture something in my head or, you know, the, generally when I have a specific idea, I am not able to create that. I'll get close or it'll have like hints of what I originally intended. And then it, it, it depending on my capabilities and like what I put into it, it ends up totally different. It's really rare that I'll paint something and it'll look exactly how I wanted it. It's only happened a handful of times. See, I wonder about that because I used to experience that when I would illustrate. And I, I always thought, oh, the reason it doesn't look like what I wanted it to look like is because I don't have the technical skill. And then I would and go some, meet well, another and artist and I was like... it's probably true. I, want, I always want to check and crack open like another artist's head and go, okay, I see your piece and I see, I know that me as an artist, what I just finished doesn't look like what I wanted, but I like it. Yeah. Is that how you feel about your art is what I want to know? Like, what do you have in your head? I I think for most people, they, or at least, I mean, I don't know this for sure, but I feel like most people, the intention and what they originally envision is not what they're going to produce. It might be close and sometimes maybe they'll produce something better. But I think most of the time the intention is not super reflective of the end result, or at I, least not fully. I think. I think. Do yeah. you like uh, digital art, like photos? I do. do you? Oh yeah, yeah. One of my best friends is a digital artist, and I love it. How do you I feel about modifying <laughs> your art digitally? I do that a lot. Yeah. Um, not. I mean, for mostly just for the sake of uh, prints. Okay. So like, cause I rarely paint backgrounds, because mm-hmm. I don't care about what's going on in the background in general. So, like, for those skulls, you know, I did, like, just an oval behind them. And then sometimes, like, I paint a lot of unicorns. <laughs> and I'll, like, paint unicorns, but then I'll, you know, put it in Photoshop and I'll put an oval around it and I'll erase all the other stuff. Or I give things, like, really straight edges when I make it into a print. So yeah. I, lo- I love it. I think digital art is art. It's still art. Yeah, <laughs> like, sure. I totally agree. I think, And people that think it's not are haven't tried it because it is not but easy. You've never had to compromise though something that let's say you've painted uh, by hand and then then went in and made some digital modifications for a client and then the client come back and go, I'm not super crazy about the way this hair is on this unicorn. Yeah, no. I don't have to I've deal with had, that. No. See, I would say our industry is rampant. Because, because when I do work for people, like they're getting a physical painting. Yeah. Like that's it. Like they're getting a physical painting. The only the only exception to that rule is when I've done, which is so funny to even say this, when I've done logos, which is hilarious. Cause I've been lately, I've done like, I don't know, five or six logos. Well, it's nice and it's because it so weird. I see. And I think it doesn't, I think it doesn't fit at all. I'm like, why would you want me? Well, you know me? why they want <laughs> like, that? And not I, good at this I've at got all. a theory about it. And I mean, it's not a theory. It's just a thought. I guess not even a fully formed one, but 
I think things just swing like a pendulum. I mean, we m- most everything does, and design is the same way. You know, design went from super textured, super dense, lots of shadowing and like three dimensional stuff, and then it swung the other way. So and it like got really cleaner, clean, cleaner, yeah. and then you got flat design, super minimal. Yeah, almost to. And I actually, when it hit that point. I was like, I'm going to get sick of this so fast because it was like everything. No serifs, simple colors, no no gradients, nothing. All the fonts were the same. And now it's swinging back the other way and you're seeing more hand-drawn stuff, more hand-drawn fonts, logos that are illustrated because people are going, how do I set myself apart? And I honestly think it just, all that flat stuff just starves you. Yeah. And you're going, ugh, tired of trying to be like everybody else. And so that's why I think... You're probably going to see more work like that. You know, most of the logos I've done are for podcasts. Podcasts? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because I've podcasts want to look. I think I've done look. three. I think I've done three. Well, I mean, even our logo, <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest, it's kind of got a illustrated, like it. you know, it's, it's simple. It's fun. It's but, very, very like 80s. Well, we like, never like know the, what we're going to talk about. Yeah. That's kind of what I wanted this to be because I want to be able to talk to everybody. I love that. So, yeah, I mean, it's That feels a, so familiar. That feels like home. Yeah, that's what I felt. Maybe, yeah. you know, you don't nobody. I don't want anybody to look at it and go, "I don't belong there." No, that you know? feels. It looks. It like I don't know. That's so weird to say, but like, yeah, it looks like. Come on in. Yeah, yeah. It looks really welcoming. Well, I I'm like glad it. To hear that. Good yeah. news. Well, speaking of good news, that's the name of the show. So, how do you feel like your art is bringing something good into the world? Do you have that feeling? Do you feel like oh, I'm brought? That's something. my hope and like my goal. Hope. That's what I. Okay. That's what I want. I want. Ooh, sorry. Nice. Oh my god, I made it worse. That's okay. Um, because painting makes me happy, and I when I finish a piece, you not always. Sometimes I finish something and I'm like, this is absolute crap. <laughs> I'm never gonna show any because you know there are there are paintings that I don't show people because I'm like this is terrible. Sometimes I'll still show them and be like, this is awful. Look, they're not all a win. <laughs> like, look how bad this is. But uh, yeah, I. It makes me happy, and my pretty much life philosophy is like, I want to put happiness and goodness out, because that's what you get back. Not always. I mean, sometimes you can do the right thing and be good and be kind, and, sure. and people suck. Yeah. Or you have bad luck, or and mean, things happen. Life happens. Like, right. It's, Life it's happens. It's whatever. But... Um, but there's you can always find the good in something. Yeah. And I sometimes I think, like, if I can put some artwork out and somebody sees it and it makes them smile and it's the only reason that they smiled today, like what a powerful thing. That's incredible. Like the idea, and I don't know if that happens. Maybe it doesn't. And it's kind of feels like a, a bratty thing to even say to like, well, in the sense that like, Oh, my art made someone smile today. Like, I feel like it's kind of bratty, but it really is like my, that's what I want. I want people to look at stuff and, I want it to make them happy. And also, I mean, and I want them to buy it too. Well, but sure. if not, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's, I whatever. think you're, I agree with you. If it makes them happy. I had, um, I'm trying to find that again. In fact, our, we have an anchor on our logo for the show because an anchor is a symbol of hope. And that's part of what originally when we opened up our business, I said, you know, advertising doesn't have to just be all this economics. You know, we can bring hope to people because people have an idea. They have a business. They, they want to do something. They want to better their lives, yeah, they better their family, absolutely. they want to work with themselves. I can help them like I put a brand around that and help it succeed for them. Well, and, and it so makes it real. It makes it real and tangible and they can have what a bigger brand has and yeah. not have to pay 
that those things to uh, bigger agencies. And so that was my initial thought. It was a, a hope. I'm giving I'm giving people hope. Now yeah. that's not something that no, normally. I know what you mean. But I did think that, and so trying to find that again because we've done yeah. it for so long, and hearing what you're saying, you know, putting it out there and giving people that feeling of happiness. You're sharing that with people. I don't know. I think that that's a good thing. I really do. Yes. I uh, and there's something special about knowing the artist, you know, and, and having a piece of their art. I think people just, it's another human connection. Well, it's funny because, you know, people who uh, see it, I, I, you know, I've interacted a lot of times with the same people for like years and years and years. And it's sometimes people I've never met and like, they feel like they know me mm. and I'll feel like I know them, even though we've never like spoken in person or seen right. each other in real life. And so, I mean, you really do create relationships through artwork yeah. and just, and just throw through what you put out in the world. Yeah, I think you're so, right. I think it's putting putting good things out there. Yeah. You're hedging your bets that you're going to get something good back. And, and if nothing else, even if you don't get something good back, somebody's still receiving something good. Yeah. And collectively, I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, there are people in the world who do good who probably never never are recognized no. and never seen and they don't get the rewards uh, and they still do it. Yeah. So because, th- because the thing is, is like when that happens, there will be someone that you've had a profound effect on and that you may have changed the course of their entire life and you may never know. They might never tell you and that's fine. Yeah. But it's worth it to, to do good and to be kind. Like I have this little thing that I want to start putting on all my all my posts make art be kind make art be kind because like it's kind that. of just my like that's my life philosophy in a, in a nutshell like i want to make my art and i want to be kind to people that's, like i think like there it is like <laughs> that's what i want to be i mean that's and not, I, that's what i want people to associate with me so like there's a kind of um this like uh i don't know if it's a juxtaposition of of being very much myself and putting my artwork out there and and you know being positive and being happy, but not being glib mm, and yeah. being still authentic and being like, well, yeah, I have problems. Like I know oh, like this seems like sunshine and rainbows on my Instagram and it's all really happy and like, well, art, art, art. But I mean, you know, yeah, you got to find the balance between like real life and. Well, I think that that's something the world so desperately needs. And I mean, every community, not just Southwest Louisiana, but we could all use a little more, um, Brightness, kindness, art, goodness, but then also people who aren't afraid to show their bumps and scars and bruises, even if they're producing happy things, because it shows people who maybe are caught in... Like, why am I not happy Why am all I the not time? happy, right. Or like, in, yeah. I'm not happy all the time. Exactly. I it's have like, really bad days. Just because you have a bad day, just because you're not happy all the time doesn't mean you can't still do happy things. Uh, and have good connections with people and good relationships. So yeah, well, and yeah, I just think I, I like I want that to be my baseline. You know, yeah. Like, There's nothing better than that. I actually uh, want to jump back to something that you said a minute oh, ago. Oh God, what did uh, I say? No, actually, this is a good thing. You said something about people buying your art. Yeah. So how do people follow you? Find you? I'm buy really, I'm from super you. easy to find. I'm very easy to stalk on the internet uh, as far as my art goes. So my Instagram is the Inkling Girl. Uh, so at the Inkling Girl, which is T H E I N K L I N G 
G-I-R-L. And then uh, my Etsy is the same. It's Etsy.com slash The Inkling Girl. Uh, or The Inkling Girl.Etsy.com, I guess, would be more accurate. And then Patreon.com slash The Inkling Girl. Okay, so talk Pretty about- much you look at that and like if you type those in, you'll find me. You're going to find because yeah. you are The Inkling Girl. Yeah. I mean, you're the- I, you know what? I think there's like a comic book character called that too. Really? Okay. But um, It kind of says a comic book. I'm pretty sure I was first, so whatever. So when you came up with that, um, how fast did you go secure all of that? Is like oh my a- God, I didn't do anything. I, really? I nope. I so just- you just lucked out that you were I able to get it. I just lucked out. Yeah. Do you have your own domain name that has? I it? don't. I know it's terrible. Oh man, somebody's better, gonna get it. You now. better go get it. I've never. Just own it. I, it might be gone. I don't know. Because like I said, there's that other thing called that. I'd probably have oh, to change it. So. I probably have to. It probably have to be like Morgan Allen, the Inkling Girl, or something. I don't know. You never know that Inkling Girl. More than likely, if if somebody's got it, but maybe not the Inkling Girl. Maybe you never know. Yeah, I don't uh, know. You know, I was thinking like seriously, like two days ago, I was like, hey, I should probably see if I can get that. I've I haven't. I'm really bad about. Well, that. you know, and you might be able to get that for like two dollars and ninety nine cents. You yeah. never know. They're pretty. I cheap. should check into it. <laughs> hey, uh, Patreon. Yes. I'm kind of new to scoping that out, but you're using that it's pretty effectively. So, cool. so tell uh, tell the listeners a little bit about that and how they can help yeah. you out by going so, to that because I think it's pretty cool. Well, I started, I got on Patreon probably like two years ago just as a like a subscriber. I mean, I didn't use it, like I didn't put any of my, nothing of mine was on it at all. I didn't have like a um, account for my artwork. It was just me as like a person supporting other stuff. And I mostly, I think actually I exclusively support podcasts. Because oh, yeah? there were yeah, because there were several podcasts that mentioned it, and I thought, oh, that's really cool. And there, I think there are a few artists that I follow, but I don't think I am a patron. Um, but yeah, like so, I got on there and uh, started supporting different podcasts, and then uh, I, I, back in I think it was February or March of this year. I decided like I'm going to take the plunge. I didn't do it for a long time because I was like, oh, how am I going to? I don't know. Like, what am I going to put out? And am I capable of, like, putting out consistent yeah, artwork every month? Because right. I thought, what if I'm not capable of that? Like, I don't want to make promises that I can't keep. Sure. So I didn't do it for a really long time. And then in March, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the plunge. I'm just going to do it and see what happens. And if no one has any interest in it, whatever. Like, at least I tried. I put yeah. myself out there. So I got on there. And uh, it's been a, there's been a learning curve uh, because my, I've had to, you know, I've adjusted my tiers and stuff here and there, but basically the way it works is, well, in my instance, it kind of works like a subscription box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can get on there and you can pledge different denominations. Like people can pledge a dollar a month and for a dollar, like I'll send them a thank you, handwritten thank you note and a sticker and a social media shout out. And they, their name is entered in a drawing to win a custom artwork every single month. Okay. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. Which I actually, that was, I had to get to a specific like goal, like a personal goal to get that. And so when I hit that goal, I was like, yes. Like, yeah. oh my God, I just hit my first goal. And now I get to like pick people to send artwork to for free, basically. Because I mean, even if you're at the $1 level, like you could get a free artwork that's like a $75 value, what right. I would sell it for, for 12 bucks a month yeah. or 12 bucks a year. Yeah, that's that's nothing. Right? So, yeah. uh, and you're supporting, you know, you yeah. support people to go, hey, I'm supporting and, my- cause, and that's the other thing is like, you know, people that are on there for a dollar, like I appreciate that so much because it's just the people that are there to be like, I love you. Yeah. I'm supporting you. Right. And I, you know, I believe in what you're doing. So that's really cool. <clears throat> Sorry. But yeah, so like I have a $1 tier and a $3 and a $5. But basically what I do is 
Um, every month I put out different content. So I put out a color sheet every month. Um, I put out uh, a mini print, a specific mini print that, it, that only patrons get. Like this is, it's not artwork that anyone, I don't sell it anywhere else. I don't sell it at all. It's specifically for Patreon. Only Patreon people get it. Um, and then I put out like different wall, like wallpaper for your computer, or, like yeah, lock I've gotten some of those, the phone lock screens. <laughs> Sorry, and things like that. it's okay. Dry throat. <clears> throat. But yeah, so I create very specific, exclusive artwork for only patrons. They're the only ones who get to see it. And even depending on different tier levels, like the way the website worked is really cool because you can choose which tiers get to see what content. So like it'll do a post. And it'll say, hey, if you want to unlock this, you have to be pledging at such and such tier level. You have people who upgrade. And pe- Yeah, like I've had a few people that upgrade. And so far I've gotten all positive feedback because I'm such a like approval seeker that I'm always so worried about disappointing people. That's like the worst thing. Like if someone's disappointed in me, I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. <laughs> the world's coming to an end. And so far everyone's been really, really sweet about it. Everyone likes all their content. And it's crazy because some people... You know, I give them a choice, like depending on their tier level, like you're at the you're at the highest tier. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I give people a choice like you can pick what magnet you want. You can pick what print you want. And most everyone says, oh, just surprise me. I'm like, oh, my God. That's yeah. So much that's- pressure. <laughs> and then I'm like, do I know this person well enough to pick out stuff that they'll like? I just yeah. hope for the well, best. You know what I did? The reason I uh, I I wanted to support you and I thought, well, I don't know how, but that seemed like a good way. I'd never really checked out Patreon It's the before. coolest. It's the coolest. But I wanted, uh, I always talk about you with my daughter and I've brought her up Aww, a bunch of times because she, so she struggles with a lot of the same things that I've heard you mention that you maybe used to struggle with, but she has so much talent and she's, she doesn't always do her art. And I, I know that that kind of kills her sometimes a little part of her, the longer she doesn't. So when she tiptoes back towards it, I told her, I, I always bring up like, you need to go follow her. You need to look at her art. And then mainly I'm kind of going, and also beyond that, and I don't say this, but look at what she's doing. Look at how she's putting herself out there and look how she's, I think you, considering what, everything that you've said, I think it's brave. Thank you. And That's I think, really nice. Believe it or not, you talked about changing people's lives in a way I'm kind of saying, hey, you know, as another artist, just take a look at this artist who's putting herself out there and maybe it will change her life. And so... That I told her, I said, you know, I, that address that I gave you is actually her address. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm excited for her to, I'm hoping that it just puts yeah. a little tiny spark for her to go once a month or whatever. She's going to have a something to go, ah, oh, you know, this is refreshing. And it's a break from like the grind of being a young adult and trying yeah. to get your life started. And Well, and you also, it's so funny that you use the word like, successful to describe me like that's hilarious i mean i consider myself successful in the sense that like i'm doing what i wanted to do and i'm happy with that and you know some people people describe you know people measure success very differently from me i think because mine is like obviously like if i can support my family or help my family and pay bills doing artwork that's awesome like i definitely want to be able to do that but it's not like the number one thing because I could never sell something again and I would still be making art. Like it wouldn't change that for me. It's like secondary. And, uh, so I consider like myself and Danny really successful because we, you know, 
like we're doing we, we we live this dream really i mean we live very small we have like a one van and it's like on death's door and we live way out in the country in a little trailer house and it but it's the heaven it's the best like the smaller we go and like the more we realize of what we don't need the happier we've been like the ha- and we spend so much time together it's a lesson in that for all of us really because i think i'm like dude my daughter is like her childhood is like these really core like early years like her parents are with her all the time and like she's getting to go on these adventures and that's so important to me because my parents were around a lot when I was little too I mean my dad worked a lot but when me and my brother before there were the other two brothers when it was just us like we spent so much time together as a family and it makes such a big impact on the little brain it does and you know you're putting you're planting good seeds in her man i'm trying to we we me and my husband were talking earlier because we were she like oh man she's real sensitive and she was crying about her schoolwork and i was like dude like we gotta get her to like not cry at every single thing without breaking her like where's (laughs) like where's the point where i can be like you have to stop crying without like breaking her spirit yeah well and some people look i mean the reality is some people don't care about that and the fact that you do i and i'm not the judge jury and all that on, the, on what's good or not but i i'm kind of that way too i don't i don't think it's a why well, break somebody's little spirit no, you don't have to i don't what's want wrong like with i don't nice want to do that it's and, like but i it's fun kind of one of those where i'm like i know what she's capable of and she's capable <laughs> of not breaking down into tears every three minutes because she doesn't feel like doing work that she's just being too lazy it's a, to just do. a tactic I'm it's like, just a kid's and sometimes tactic, i'm yeah. just like oh, she's only six yeah, she's yeah. just a kid like, <laughs> so I told her I was like alright here's what we're gonna do you're gonna go outside and you're gonna ride your bike for 20 minutes and get some sunshine and then you're gonna come back in and do your work and when she came back in like she was good like, it was well now that's stuff. a good that's so different than some <laughs> she needed a recess positive, I think <laughs> yeah recess I mean recess, so positive reinforcement well Mickey Smith was on here the other night uh, and he was talking about his class, and he made that comment. He said, "You know, he lets the kids yeah, come in for two minutes. I love he's that. Like, Give he was some my time. he was my youngest brother's band teacher. Really, he's yeah. a, he's a pretty incredible talent, and just the way he's managing kids. Yeah, his episode that you let me listen to made me cry like three times. Well, <laughs> what's nice about this show, I think, is hopefully as we continue to do it, is that uh, there'll be such diversity." And that's what I want to show is that the goodness is just hiding in all the cracks and yeah. crevices. It's everywhere. I mean, goodness. And it's there if you look for it. It is. <laughs> goodness is driving your van and you know, out in the woods, living in a trailer house, like you said. It's heaven, like you said. It, it, it really, yeah. I mean, yeah. it sounds like I realize that I say that and it sounds utterly ridiculous. It doesn't sound ridiculous. But I mean, there was a time when, like when Danny was still teaching and we we had, we had lived in a house here in Sulphur like, that we had bought and... You know, after Ruby was born, I wanted to stay home with Ruby and be a stay-at-home mom. And, you know, we realized, like, we can't afford this house. So, like, what do we do? And basically, I mean, we sold our house. We got hardly any profit from it. And we up and we uprooted and we bought land. And then we found a trailer and we're like, we'll build eventually, but we just need a place to stay. We were actually, we were technically homeless for, like, 40 days. Like, yeah, it was something else. But I mean, we, we got there and when we got settled, like we all of a sudden realized like we were so much happier because we weren't worrying about money all the time. You know, when we lived in Sulphur and we were trying to keep up with our house notes, like it, they kept going up and we're like, we, like he's a, he was a teacher. His salary, the entire time Danny was a teacher, his salary never went up. He ne- right. I got raises at Starbucks all the time. Like he never did. So... 
and then after he quit teaching, that's when really like our lives just like exploded in in being just being better and like us being more happy. Which isn't to say we're happy all the time. I mean, obviously, we have struggles. Like but just still. recently, we had to like replace a mattress and a washer, and like the car died. I didn't have a car for like two weeks. And, you know, it was fine. Normal life Just stuff. Just life stuff. But it doesn't steal your happiness. It doesn't yeah, steal... Yeah, it doesn't steal your joy. Yeah. Joy, you know, that's, it's not that it's not frustrating. Because, I right, mean, I are. had, you know, my crying moments of like, oh, my God, I just want to wash my clothes. <laughs> but, you know... It's, you know, it's just money. Yeah. It's just things. Those things pass away. Yeah. It's pass away. If you don't let them just steal your joy. Absolutely. Completely. And, and rob you of your happiness. I mean, it's always there, I think. And I think that uh, if you just remember, that's a, sometimes we get caught in troubles and we're like, oh, this is forever. Yeah. And it just passes and it, away. And it can feel like feels that. feels like that. That's right. When you're in it. Yeah. yeah. And it's so easy to tell people, go, oh, it'll pass and then move on. But I mean, really... The longer you live and the more it happens, the more you realize that it does pass away and that the joy is just right around yeah. the corner. And then you have a part to play in it, too. I mean, you have something to do. It's not yeah. just going to happen. You can... You, you, gotta, you have to work. And, yeah. and sometimes you have to work to be happy, too. Because it doesn't... So if everything feels like it's going wrong, you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what do I do now? Right. Now, well, I tell you what. It's been... I, I ask my kids at night... Um, I ask them if anything good happened today instead of what happened today. Ooh. And uh, I guess I would ask you the same thing because I'll tell you one thing that's good that's happened to me today is this conversation. <laughs> because I finally, I, I, again, for me, I'm getting to meet you, really meet you yeah. for the first time. I know I we've mean, met in passing, but I think it was yeah. like a long time ago. Yeah, sure. Just kind of in, in similar circles and going to shows. I see you and Danny there and art battle and things like that and then just following you all online. But uh, it's been kind of a treat for me to actually get to get to meet you in person, you know, and actually <laughs> ask some serious questions. I think what you shared was actually going to help somebody out there. Honestly, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, that's the goal. That'd be awesome. Up, up and coming artists. If you had one thing to say, just in kind of in closing, if there was somebody who was interested in art and and just kind of following that passion, what what would you say? I mean, advice based on what you what uh, you've done. I just do it. Just like just draw paint whatever it is that you want to do do that look at it figure out what you want to do to make it better how can you make it better and then do that and i would also say find artists that you love look for art that you love that makes you feel like magic is real because that from that's the art that i like is the is when i look at something and i think this is magic like this is like somebody made this and it shouldn't be possible that it's this beautiful and that it makes me feel this way. And I think, you know, especially someone who read, like, loved the Narnia books and read so many books when I was a kid, like, magic is really important to me. And so when I see a piece of art that makes me feel like that a little girl reading The Lion, the Witch, and Wardrobe for the first time and, like, Lucy walks into this magical world, something that makes me feel like Lucy when she gets into Narnia, I'm like, that's what I want. Like, I want to see that art, and I want to make that art, and I want to be that experience for someone else. And so find the artwork that makes you feel the way you want to feel, and then figure out how you can produce artwork that you think will make others feel the same way. I love-